Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Am I recording? You are recording. Hello there and welcome to Wikishuffle. I'm your host, Jack. And with me as ever is Chris. Hello. And Phil. Hello. And today, Chris, we are going to do what? We are going to press the random article button on Wikipedia and talk about whatever it throws up at us. Phil, anything you'd like to add? That's it. That's what we do. We've just, as we're recording today, we've just found out that Team GB has finished second in the Olympics. That's good. Well done, I guess. It's quite remarkable. Well done, Team GB. No, I'm not bothered. I'm really not bothered. You would be bothered if you'd won, like, a gold row in. I think I'd be good at rowing. Yeah, like the one, the like the rapids one. Where they've got to go in between the things. I can see you doing that. I can't. No, I can't. No. What do you say? Shop. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> can we do a podcast? Yeah, let's do a podcast. Let's yeah. see if we can't keep it a bit more focused this week. After says Mr. We- Team GB. After two weeks of meandering nonsense, let's see if we can't cover as much informative and accurate fact-based Wikipedia education as you're faffing <laughs> you're faffing about faffing <laughs> oh no For education this week. Education. Oh, You're going to learn stuff this week. No, we're not. You're going to learn stuff. Let's focus for this one episode. We'll focus, but I'm not going to promise I'm going to learn anything. Oh, no, not you, the listeners. Oh. Expecting you to learn something that would be setting our sights way too high. <laughs> so we promised education, <laughs> and education we shall deliver. Mm, something probably about war, politics. History. Film studies. Let's, ah, let's okay. go for Ooh. something on film studies. Mm. Okay, are we talking like Kubrick's techniques? No. Okay, are we talking about the... Mise-en-scene? <laughs> no. Mise-en-scene in French 1960s cinema? No, we're not. Are we talking not, about Almodovar's not. use of women? We're not talking okay. about that either. No, we're talking about Spookies. Ooh. <laughs> Spookies is a 1986 independent horror film oh, remembered <laughs> for its copious creature effects, its patchwork editing, and for boasting an effective soundtrack. Sounds great. Patchwork, what does patchwork editing mean? Just bad Bad. editing. I I think you can read, substitute the word shit for patchwork there quite happily, can't you? Spookies was given a limited theatrical release in 1987 to 88 and a more widespread video release in 1988. To date, this film has not been released on DVD in the United States. A night of unrelenting terror is the tagline. Count me in. That sounds like a good film. Spookies. Spookies. I imagine you'll get what you're paying for. Spookies. I wouldn't pay. (laughs) I would. Because I know what I'm getting. Spookies. More than one, which is good. Every time we have a film-related article, Chris, you say you're going to watch it, and you never do. No, because most of the time it don't sound like good. It sounds quite difficult to get hold of. It's got a poster, though. It's got all the things I like in it. It's got a... Buxom lady. Buxom lady. (laughs) 
a vampire, a blood font. In the bottom left, is that sort of like a mix between Darth Vader and C-3PO? Robot Zombie Man. Z- zombie Horde. All the things. So Spookies was directed by Brendan Faulkner and Thomas Duran. Produced by Brendan Faulkner, Thomas Duran and Frank Farrell. And written by Thomas Duran, Brendan Faulkner and Frank Farrell. From the creative minds. The visionary director. That's how you have to describe directors as visionary. Well, none of these have a Wikipedia article. And that's very telling, isn't it? Nor mm-hmm. do any of the cast until you get about the ninth person in, who is Charlotte Alexandra, is the only member of the cast with their own page. Who is English, and she was known for a starring role in Une Vraie Jeune Fille, and she played a role of a 14-year-old girl who goes through a turbulent sexual awakening. The film was not released until 1999 due to its graphic depiction of sexuality, including explicit close-up of Alexandra's genitalia. So this is the high point of the cast of Spookies. Hardcore genitalia shots of a 14 year old girl they, that's that the that's, limit that's not what was it in Spookies though that was in something else that, they that was in something else yeah here's the plot just to whet your appetites a 13 year old boy named Billy runs from home as his parents forget his birthday Aww. Oh, that's making his way through thick woods he encounters a drifter who is violently slashed to death after Billy leaves Billy stumbles on an old mansion where a room is decorated for birthday celebrations thinking it is a surprise by his parents he opens what? a present to discover a severed head. Oh, a chain of heads. Oh, it's like seven. Yeah. Does anyone ever open a box in a film without it being a severed head? In Batman, Kim Basinger, she opens a box and a big hand pops out. Any boxes that are opened aren't an item of a human... No, it can't be done. It's one of the rules of cinema. Mm. Phone numbers always have to have three fives in them. Mm-hmm. Likewise, any parcel mm-hmm. wrapped in ribbon has to have a body part in it. Seems reasonable. Thinking it is a surprise by his parents, he opens a present to discover a severed head. Running away, he is attacked by the drifter's killer, a werecat <gasps> with a hook on one hand, <laughs> and subsequently buried alive. A werewolf that's a werecat with the hook. That's not what I was expecting. <laughs> what were you expecting? Uh, well, at first I just saw werecat and thought, that's a twist, but then they added the hook. Oof. Meanwhile, a group of teenagers and some older adults come across the mansion intending to have a party, believing the mansion to be abandoned. However, a sorcerer named Creon resides there. It just keeps going. Keeping watch over his bride, who he has kept preserved for over 70 years using an unrevealed method. But it is known that he needs human victims in order to do it. It's convenient. He possesses one of the teenagers in the group using a Ouija board and summons a variety of monsters to pick off the group one by one. These include muck men. <laughs> What's a muck man? <laughs> a muck man. That's muck slime, men. Just a slimy guy. Mm. That's what it will be. Muck men. Muck small men. reptilian demons. Giant spiders. An arachnid woman. An octopus-like creature with electric tentacles. Jesus. A, a skeletal witch. A grim reaper statue. A vampiric. <laughs> this so sounds like the generation game. <laughs> A vampiric boy in a monk's habit and a large group of zombies. Eventually, the entire group is killed by the monsters and Creon hopes to preserve his bride for longer. (laughs) So all of the protagonists just get killed off. Yeah, to preserve his bride. But she escapes by killing him and trying to outrun the zombie horde around the mansion. The bride eventually is saved by a man who drives her away in his car. Creon regenerates out of a coffin mm-hmm. as it is revealed the man in the car is actually the werecat. Whoa. It was the werecat all along. Aww. Werecats can drive. The camera pans on Creon's laughing face and the credits roll. See, the thing about this is, it's yeah, the, all the, the protagonists do die because it's very much a villain story, much like 
Suicide Squad. So this Tell is me the, what no, happens in Suicide Squad. Pretty much exactly the same, probably. <laughs> probably. You've seen it. Yeah, no, I don't know. <laughs> this sounds 20 or 30 times more entertaining than Suicide Squad. Spookies. Doesn't sound bad. Spookies started out as a feature film entitled Twisted Souls. The film started shooting in the late summer of 1984 and finished principal photography in October of the same year. The film Twisted Souls was being edited when creative and legal issues between the producers and the financial backer prevented final post-production work from being carried out. In 1985, the financial backer of Twisted Souls hired Eugenie Joseph to direct more footage, which was pieced together with the footage from Twisted Souls, creating spookies. Oh, so this is actually very similar to how bad films get made. Suicide Squad was the same thing. Loads of recasting, terrible editing, too many people being involved, too many monsters. And clearly too many monsters are in this film. I've got no point to that. I'm just saying that's how this film probably got. Wasn't the director's initial vision. (laughs) (laughs) So you're holding out for a director's cut? Hopefully. Maybe. What was so bad about Suicide Squad? It's just rubbish. But not rubbish as in I might like it, because I like quite crappy films. But as in, like, this is just boring and nothing happens. The first 15 minutes is literally a PowerPoint presentation explaining all the features of all of the cast. Hmm. They even flash up writing on the screen to explain their points in bullet point form. In a fun font. Got a lot of word art going on. But Margot Robbie. She's the best thing in it, but she's not very good. Does that not cancel everyone else out? No. No. Wow, it must be bad. The added footage by Joseph with an entirely different cast includes all the footage of the boy looking for his birthday party, Man in Tree, Catman, Old Withered Magician. Did we we speak about Man in Tree? (laughs) I feel like that's quite a pivotal plot point that we missed out, Man in Tree. Catman, who I assume is the werecat, the Old Withered Magician. I didn't even make that connection. The girl in the coffin, the zombies, the witch in the basement and cave, and the little blue boy. None of these were even mentioned in the huge list of monsters. The film was given a limited theatrical release in the United States by Sony Video Software Company in January 1987. It grossed $17,785 at the box office. It was also released theatrically in Hong Kong. Sounds great. And let's just have a look at the IMDb. Guess what score it gets? Three. Chris? Seven. Bang in the middle. It's dead on five, um, which is not... It's not terrible. terrible. I mean, it's it's a score on IMDb where you just wouldn't watch the film. Because anything under a six on IMDb and you're like, no, that's bad. But that's still quite high considering, you know, how awful it sounds. And the trivia, the first bit of trivia on there is the executive producer, Michael Lee, came up with the idea for the muck men to make farting noises. That's weird. No name. Happy birthday, Billy. Oh, is it? Yeah. It looks like a piece of work. It does indeed. 
So yeah, I'm pretty sure that by the time we next record, we're both going to have watched that. I can imagine. So that looks good. It looks like I need to have seen it. Mm. The the good thing as well is that the release date for the film was January 1988, which is when our release dates. Yeah, it was. It's wow, what a coincidence! It must be fate. Judging by the trailers, it did look (laughs) a little bit like Chris's Beth. Bathroom singing. Also known as singing in the bathroom, singing in the bath, or singing in the shower, is a widespread phenomenon. It is. Everybody does it. Is that, does that make it phenomenological? Yeah. Yeah. There's no reason for it. I don't know why I do it. Do you sing in the shower? Yeah. Do you do shower? Shut your mouth. <laughs> so you do shower, and you do sing. Of course, everyone sings in the shower. Yeah, but what do you, do you sing like low songs? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What do you right. sing? Well, I don't sing like Yo Latengo's greatest hits. I'll sing something fun. Like? I've yeah, I yeah, this morning, um, because it was on the radio yesterday, I sang Reach for the Stars. Yeah, see that's a shower sing along that I'd like to have. Yeah. Not with Chris, that'd be weird. Oh. With Rachel Stevens. You should know all the words. We've we've been over this and I would choose Tina if I was gonna have a shower okay. any of this. What stuff. if Tina said Are we back on this club? <laughs> what, if, what if Tina said We'll have to have a shower. We can have a shower together. Mm-hmm. Great. Fun, so be fun. But the only other thing is you, you've got to have Phil in as well. You've got to be there. Just, just like not getting involved, just having a wash. Just watching. <laughs> no, you're not even properly watching, but he's aware of what's going on and he's just got to have a wash. How big is the shower cubicle? Just a standard shower. Just so standard Phil's, daft size. I don't <laughs> appear to have any say in this at all. <laughs> no say. Okay, so okay, I'm there. So Phil's trying to wash himself. Phil's trying to wash himself and he knows... That you're, this is happening. He's not happy about it, but he's got to do it for some reason. <laughs> and me and Tina from S Club 7 are just soaping each other soaping, up. You can be doing what you like. Phil's not involved, but he's just there, having a shower. I am 100% happy with this. Okay. Because when else am I going to get to soap up Tina from S Club 7? And I get to watch Tina from S Club 7 being soaped up. Yes, but by but me. By him. You're not involved. You, you are, it's just like a swimming pool situation where people are just having a shower. Also, I wee in the shower, so... You do that with Tina there. Yeah. She'll think it's the hot water <laughs> going down her leg. It's fine. It's funny. Breaks the ice. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm fine with it. That's all I need to know. Phil, do you... I reckon that you... <laughs> I reckon you wash your legs. Like your shins. I reckon you wash your shins. You actively, like, scrub your shins. <laughs> it just seems like a very, like, 1950s thing to do. So I imagine you're doing it. What do you... How do you clean your shins? I don't, I don't wash my shins. I just let the water run on. Like that's fine. That's enough. I feel like they they get a, a going over. I wouldn't say they get a scrub. Yeah, I'm thinking he's he's down there scrubbing them. Well, like a hard a hard brush. I imagine a hard, you're a hard yeah. Oh, yeah. like a shoe brush. A hard scourer. <laughs> no, I have like and you a just shower. bent over, scrubbing your shins, bum hole exposed. <laughs> that's what I imagine. That's what made me think maybe I don't want to do this with Tina because of my exposed bum hole <laughs> and your shin scrubbing. Yeah. I'm not sure that I want this conversation. We're going there anyway. Mm-hmm. So what techniques... Forget about Tina. Tina's off the table because that's that wasn't really something that could be offered up. Let's be fair. No. You're not like Tina's manager. <laughs> that's not how I'd manage her. <laughs> not I've got you a gig. I'd <laughs> <laughs> get the Tina solo career up going. This is just... That was just a hypothetical situation. But I am kind of interested in other people's showering techniques. Of course you are. <laughs> 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 I have like a shower poof 
<laughs> you know the type of the kind, I know of, what you mean, the yeah. kind of nerdy yeah, 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 nylon yeah, yeah. nylon lump yeah, thing. Sure, yeah, and sure. I would use that for an all over lather, including the shin. I wouldn't neglect the shin. I but would, I wouldn't, I'm, I'm I wouldn't, with you on that. I, yeah, I, I think I yeah, if I was gonna go if I was gonna go for the whole lot, but when I'm showering, it's mainly focused on armpit left, armpit right, groin and ass. That's like the main four areas that you want to cover. Well no, you want to cover all the areas. Yeah. You, sure, but you want to give extra care and attention to the, yeah. the main areas. I'm not going to spend... I reckon you spend upwards of a minute scrubbing your shins. No. No, I think you do. That's mm. that's what I have in my head, so that's what's happening. I think you're like you're down there and you're scrubbing them. Like what do you imagine I'm doing to get my shins this dirty? <laughs> I don't know. But I just think you... I reckon you have like a back <laughs> no. scrubber as well. No. Because what do you do about your back? You don't actively wash your back. Well, I tell you, I would rub... I'm, I'm yeah. minding having a shower, so I would do... But there's going to be parts of your back that you're just not going to be able to get to. No, that's just going to have to get serviced, See, yeah, serviced I, I, by I water and gravity. Yeah. But in your head, I think you can imagine a really hard brush, one of the ones of a stick, and every now and again you'll say something like, good grief. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what I've found on my shins. <laughs> yeah. do, you shamp- <laughs> do you shampoo your beard? I use the runoff of the shampoo to wash my beard. Yeah, shampoo. I don't. I'm, I'm ready to this is turning into too much of an erotic fiction. <laughs> <laughs> this is fact. <laughs> yeah. Erotic fact. So, what utensils do you both use? <laughs> no utensils. <laughs> a spoon. Yeah. <laughs> what do you do? Trim your pubes with a knife and fork. <laughs> yeah. Carry on. Well, how would how does showering work for either of you? I use the same thing. It's like it's. I don't know what word you would use. So I use a poof. I use the word <laughs> That's poof. what we're going for. It's like that. I guess spongy thing. But it's yeah. Not spongy. It's more. So you would you would apply that some would shower apply gel to that. Shower gel. Because oh, obviously nobody uses bars of soap. Nobody does. And then that would be. I tend to work top to bottom <laughs> to get overall coverage. And then once I'm satisfied, I end the shower. I usually say it like that. Shower end, and then that's the end of the shower. After I get through probably a few less club sevens. You, you mean the songs, yeah? Yeah. yeah. Okay, <laughs> right. <laughs> if it was just a random man with Tina, I'd be fine with it. If it was a, you know, Ryan Gosling or someone, I'd encourage it. But it's because it's you. That's no, no that sounds mean. It's just it's because I know you. That's what would make it awkward. So to come back to our central... Conundrum. Conundrum here. That's, that's why I would have to... I'd, I'd go for it, but I wouldn't feel comfortable entirely would you do the same with Hannah from S Club 7 me in the shower it's a tricky one I would with regard I'd do it with Joe he'd soap up racist Joe <laughs> racist sneakily in too <laughs> <laughs> it's not exactly like a moral quandary is it's it? not but I'm, I'm making these rules in place I think any of my friends it would be weird regardless of gender it would just be an odd experience if it was just a random stranger who cares? Get involved. Consent seems to be the important factor here that we're perhaps overlooking. Yeah, Tina's fine with it. Okay, good. That's that's clear. <laughs> yeah, that's we, have to, we have to take that as red, because yeah. otherwise... Because if she's there fighting him off in the shower and I'm not allowed to yeah. do anything, I'm that's not okay with that. Altogether. It's Tina's idea. It's hard to fight someone off when everyone's all slippery. Exactly. So. And I'd have to get involved then. Yeah, not I'm involved. <laughs> <laughs> the article's about bathroom yeah. singing. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> This is us focused on learning. Yeah, <laughs> education. I'll be promised education. I've learned how you wash. I didn't mm. expect to learn that today. Mm. Do you not use the, the thing? I use a thing. Poop. I use a thing. I just don't spend inordinate amounts of time on my shins like Phil does. See, mm. I can spend a lot of time in the shower. Mm-hmm. Mm. But it's not, it's not shin time. Dare I ask? <laughs> <laughs> it's just... 
thinking. It's a thinking time. Yeah. I, I attend a long time. Ben's been a long time in the shower. It's a big time for a big think. That's For me, that's poo time. It's a good think. No, actually, it used to be now. It's just like read Twitter. The yeah. opposite of thinking. <laughs> Listening to other people's inane thoughts. Yeah. I like to have a really nice hot shower, listeners, <laughs> just so you know, and just have a think about, like, what's, what am I doing today? wonder what's going to happen. <laughs> and then just finish up the shower. And then I stop thinking. For the rest of the day. <laughs> Until you shower the next day. It's been a review. Yeah, your allotted thinking time has been used up. That yep. makes sense. Mm-hmm. Backs up what I know about you. Yep. Many people sing in the bathroom because the hard wall surfaces, often tiles or wooden panels, and lack of soft furnishings create an orally pleasing acoustic environment. That's bullshit. It's not. That's not, that's, that's that's not why it. I do it. You it always sound great in the shower. Every time I sing in a shower, I convince myself that I've got an amazing voice. Every time. But apparently, it's only above average. The multiple reflections from walls enrich the sound of one's voice. Small dimensions and hard surfaces of a typical bathroom produce various kinds of standing waves, reverberation and echoes, giving the voice fullness and depth. The habit was reported with an attempt of explanations centuries ago. For example, Ibn Khaldun, in chapter 1 of his Mukaddima, writes, Likewise, when those who enjoy a hot bath inhale the air of the bath so that the heat of the air enters their spirits and makes them hot, they are found to experience joy. It often happens that they start singing as singing has its origin in gladness. Nice way of putting it. Hmm. The bathroom singer is an ironic reference to mediocre or amateur singers. This effect was not used only by singers. Paul Simon wrote, The main thing about playing the guitar, though, was that I was able to sit by myself and play and dream, and I was always happy doing that. I used to go off in the bathroom, because the bathroom had tiles, so it was a slight echo chamber. I'd turn on the faucet so the water would run. I like that sound. It's very soothing to me. And I'd play in the dark. Hello, darkness, my old friend. I've come to talk with you again. That is terrifying. If you did that... If I lived with you and that's what you did, that was your like thing you did after work, I think more so that you were a psychopath. Well, I'm just wondering what Garfield, Gar, what Garfunkel's doing in this. <laughs> Garfield. <laughs> or Garfield. He'll probably, he's probably eating lasagna in Pro- the kitchen. Probably, yeah. While Paul Simon's singing in the bathroom in the dark. What's Garfunkel up to? He's in the shower. <laughs> reckon in the darkness. Yeah, with Tina. There's more to life than this. The fourth track on Björk's 1993 album, Debut, was recorded... Debut? <laughs> debut. What is the debut album? The debut album from Björk. It's called Debut. <laughs> <laughs> was... And then the next album, Post. I love that track, and I love that bit. She goes into the toilets and just keeps on singing, and it's really odd, but it was... really charming as Björk can do. It was recorded live in the toilets of the Milk Bar nightclub in London. And sneak up to this island. I could bring my little ghetto blaster. There's more to life than this. But then we'd have to rush to the town's best baker to gather fresh bread of the morning. There's more to Ready for some more education? Yes. Education. Um, um, hang on. Can we just talk about what we've learned so far? I learned how you wash. Um, that's, that's that. Oh, uh, spooky is something that might be good. Um, that's it. Yeah. How many, how many things do you want to learn in a day? Well, one would be nice. 
Well, let's see how much you already knew about Bobby Hoffman then, Never shall we? Never heard of him. Well, then you've learned something already. There was once a man called Bobby Hoffman. I figured there would have been. Bobby the Truth Hoffman. You didn't know that, did you? Oh, is this a conspiracy man? Nope, it's a mixed martial artist. Not what I expected you to say. Mama, mama, Phil's regressed. <laughs> Bobby the Truth Hoffman, born October 28, 1966, is a retired American mixed martial artist who competed in the heavyweight division. He is the former King of the Cage super heavyweight champion, as well as the former King of the Cage heavyweight champion. Having made his professional debut Yay! in 1998, Hoffman has also formally competed for the UFC Rings and Jungle Fight. Jungle fight, that's a new thing. It. Jungle fight, yeah, mm. it's where you dress fight. up in, um, there's Tarzan. In You're, the lying. From You're vines. lying to me. You fight from vines. <laughs> He's not telling the truth. He's not, Chris. He's not. Uh, see, yeah. I am learning something. <laughs> what a feel lies. When people are lying to me. Hoffman found mixed martial arts, then known as shoot fighting, after being released from jail, spending 92 consecutive days in solitary confinement for assault charges. Oh, so he's a bad one. Hoffman, a talented wrestler and football player, attended Ellsworth Community College and the University of Akron before leaving college a year early to compete in the NFL for the Cleveland Browns. Hoffman spent half a season with the team before being released. Two days out of jail, Hoffman attended a local fight and, after the originally scheduled fighter did not show up, spectators were actually asked if they wanted to step in for the absent fighter. Hoffman accepted the challenge and won the bout. That doesn't happen in the real world. No. That's a, that's the... So the, the guy didn't turn up and then the person, the ref, said, does anyone here want to have a go with this guy? And he's there and is that what basically happened? That's basically, yeah, that's what They happened. should do that at weddings when there's a jilting. That's another thing I don't think happens. I don't think jilting happens anymore. I don't yeah, think... it does. No, who gets jilted at the altar? Losers. Do you know anyone that's ever actually happened to? Mm. No. People end up not getting married, but you wouldn't get to the point at the church and someone just doesn't turn up. Yeah, that would be a knob-end thing to do. The only situation you could see it happen was if it was like me and I fell asleep. <laughs> yeah, that's possible. That's, that's, a, that's a jilting, but not a jilting because you didn't want to do it. A jilting because I was tied up to something or just asleep. I think jiltings happen... Probably, like, when someone finds out they've been cheated on, they'll be like, right, I'm going to yeah. pretend I'm going to go ahead with a wedding and I'm not going to turn up. This is so you. Yeah. I bet you could do that and you could be engaged to someone for, like, a year and it'll be like, I'm going to I'm gonna wait because I know this. I'm going to build this up. Yeah, so you, you get the maximum, like, enjoyment out of the horrible situation. And spiteful. the joke's on you. Yeah, it's incredibly spiteful. <laughs> And there is no way that you would come, even no matter what the other person had done, you're still going to mm. come out of it looking like an it's absolute ring piece. Like that Alan Partridge thing of, and then I had the last laugh. That's the sort of person you, you come across as. <laughs> Fine with that. It doesn't say what he was doing in prison. Probably beating people up. What said he was ever It was assault. in solitary, so it's... Beating people up in prison and out. Mm. Hoffman compiled a professional record of 8 for 1 before making his debut for the Super Brawl organisation <laughs> in Hawaii on September 7th, 1999. Then Hoffman knocked out the future UFC heavyweight champion Rico Rodriguez. After following this up with two more wins, Hoffman was invited to compete for the Rings organisation in Japan. Probably more fighting. But on rings like in Gladiator. <laughs> like in Gladiators. <laughs> Not in Gladiator. <laughs> Gladiators. Never happened in Gladiators. Hoffman made his rings debut 
which was also his overseas debut. I didn't realise how often I said debut. Well, you've said it right, at least, mm. this time. On February 26, 2000, in Tokyo, Japan, at the Rings King of Kings 1999 final, Hoffman faced Georgia Olympic freestyle wrestling competitor Zaza Takeshlevishlevi. You said that really convincingly. I know, but it was completely yeah. wrong. Whom Hoffman defeated via knockout only 34 seconds into the fight. After winning his next four fights, two of which in the Rings organisation, Hoffman was invited to compete for the UFC... I've heard of them. Yeah, that's the big one. Boring mm. to watch, though, I find. You think? Yeah, well, because... Well, I maybe have not seen enough, but doesn't it involve mostly them just having a big hug and then rolling around on the floor? Like, uh, their legs there's there's a bit of that. It seemed fairly cuddly, the bits that I've seen. Very cuddly. I, I grew up as a wrestling fan, so, you know... You'd love I'm into cuddle. the cuddling. But I'm into the, the glossiness of WWE too much for me to really enjoy UFC. They just don't have cool characters and, like, excellent ring attire. And fun theme music. They've just got their pants on, haven't they? At least when you rest them, I suppose they've got their pants on and maybe a funny mask. It's a variety of outfits. To be honest, I'm surprised you're not into it. You love an outfit change. I do love an outfit change, but I just... Halfman made his UFC debut against former UFC heavyweight champion Maurice Smith at UFC 27 in 2000. Hoffman, who seemed to lack cardio and conditioning, lost the bout by a unanimous decision. I I've been honest, like, I'm, I'm getting a bit, a bit bored. I getting a bit like bored. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm kind of being educated. Well, you wanted about something you don't care about. You wanted education. Mm. So I'm you've being, learned a lot. I'm not gonna, but I'm not going to retain any of this. Mm. This is all boring, so skip to the post-UFC section. He basically he did some more fighting. Post-UFC, after spending a year in prison for domestic abuce... Oh. It's taken a turn, <laughs> taken nah. a, a rapid turn. After spending a year in prison for domestic abuse, Hoffman returned to mixed martial arts competition for the King of the Cage organisation. If I was the King of the Cage organisation, someone said to me, I've just been in prison for domestic abuse, I'd say, you know what, I don't want you associated with my sport, I'd like you to piss off. And that's why you're not in charge of the King of the Cage competition. I know, I had to turn them down when they offered. <laughs> Hoffman became the first King of the Cage heavyweight champion in his second fight back after the... T- after a technical knockout win over Jason Godsey, and then defended his title against Paul. It's got boring again. I want to know more about his wife-beating arseholiness. Won via armbar submission before returning to Brazil for a bout in Jungle Fight 3. <sighs> yeah, that's an appropriate yawn. Mm-hmm. Well, a genuine yawn. yawn. Hoffman was dropped... This is personal life. This is where it gets a bit more interesting. Hoffman was dropped by manager Monty Cox after reportedly threatening to kill Cox's wife and children while Hoffman was fighting in Japan. He sounds like a thoroughly nice human, doesn't he? I'd drop him. Uh, If anything, this article is definitely guilty of not explaining exactly what his crimes were. So a vague suggestion of domestic abuse, a threat to kill. He was in prison and solitary for unknown reasons. Mm. This isn't a nice man. But he goes into so much detail about his career and misses out that he's such a prick. Mm. Hoffman and his girlfriend Patricia wed the night after Hoffman's UFC 34 loss to Josh Barnett. Weeks later, on the night of their honeymoon, Hoffman, under the influence of alcohol and Vicodin, severely beats his wife. He was later arrested and spent over a year in a maximum security prison in Shafter, California, for his actions. His wife, who was only 20 years old at the time and around 125 pounds, almost died as a result of her injuries and the two later divorced. And he got to spend just a year in prison and then got to just take up being a professional sportsman again. What a dick. Justice, eh? I've looked at the images and he very much looks like the type of man who would beat his wife. Is that a terrible thing to say? I think you know that he did beat his wife, so it's not a terrible thing to say. If I said this guy did something, was it... Give he gave money to an orphanage or he beat his wife. What would you say? 
You'd say beat his wife, wouldn't you? Mm, I would, yeah. Mm, don't judge a book by its cover, unless it looks like that. Bobby the Truth Hoffman. I hope that he's living a horrid, horrid life now. It's probably not. He's probably got shitloads of money from his, all his fighting, isn't he? Living in yep. a mansion somewhere. Do an outro now. Goodbye. Goodbye. Go, go, do it now. <laughs> Look how annoyed his face gets when anybody but him does something. If anybody other than him is annoying, it's the worst thing <laughs> could possibly happen. He, uh, before we done this, he put his <laughs> naked foot on the chair right next to me and started peeling his feet. And that was oh, fine. Whoa, he couldn't whoa, see, whoa, whoa. Out of context. That that was was no, no, you can't it say out of context. Out of context. You can't say out of context. There's no way. That was exactly that was what the happened. Context, and it was disgusting. No, but the context for my feet peeling is that I wore some exfoliating socks for an hour. That's Why does that matter? That, that's, that, that's that make your skin fall off so it's, yeah, it removes all the hard, dead skin. Yeah, and then you've got lovely soft skin. So now I've got lovely soft skin. No, but no, but I've got to hoover up bits of your skin. And I was still offended by it. It's, it's gross. disgusting. You're disgusting. Sure. But and you were specifically asked by multiple people to stop, and you <laughs> didn't repeatedly. You just did it closer. But. But. But you've feet, got nice but, feet. Yeah, they're very smooth now. So, so like, this is the problem. Why this aren't you happy he's, for me? This is why he's a psychopath. Because he looks at things through the, the eyes of, yeah, but it's fine, because I am okay. <laughs> I'm fine. It's all worked out for me. But why is why is it bother you? Because it's because gross. Because this, this disgusting but why foot is it skin gross? all over my floor. Oh, it's not because all it's over your floor. Foot skin. Foot skin is inherently gross. Are you are you making the argument that foot skin is not gross? Yeah, I think you should just grow up. It's fine. <laughs> it's a bit of skin. Look, you're not like creeped out by it when it's on my hand. Yes, I'm just creeped out by you in general. Well. <laughs> Maybe. And I'm going to have to watch you and Tina lather each other and I'm not even allowed to Ooh, join in. Oh, will she lather me? I don't, well, in a situation that she she wanted to, but in reality, we know that would never happen. You know what? I'm going to put those exfoliating socks on Tina and then 10 days later, we're going to have a good peeling session in the shower. You sound like a serial killer. You really do. <laughs> and then I'm going to collect all of mine and Tina's skin together. <laughs> and make like a chair or something. And like make it into a ball. <laughs> I'm going to post it to WikiShuffle HQ for Phil to open. Yeah. I'm not ma- I've just got right these socks. Uh, okay, you, you don't do care about again. Our friend Brenda uses the yeah, socks. I don't care. Don't care They're about fine. the socks. Don't care about them. You can do this in the comfort of your own home. Um, but I, I and you are was... doing things with the skin. The thing you are doing is making a mess. <laughs> I thought I was with friends. I thought this was a safe space for my feet. It isn't. It isn't. <laughs> That's why you made the mistake. Let us be very clear that it is not. And now the rules have been set. You can never okay. be under that understanding ever again. <laughs> okay. All right, I've got it. So you don't want me to remove my skin whilst I'm in Wicked Probably I don't want you to remove your shoes and socks and all your other bits. Oh, they're, they're, you know, you, you just want to have your, sock, your feet out, don't you? No. No, I don't get that. Personally, Ooh, if, I don't you like do socks. It, if you do it quietly... Hmm. And you don't cause a scene, and don't wave your socks around. Do you want them in your face? Do you want them in your face? Do you want me to throw them in your face? Here, hold my socks. Do you want me to look at? Look, look, look at my feet. Oh, that's gross. <laughs> All yeah. the time. Yeah. If you just do whatever you do, just quietly. Yeah. Then that's okay. I'll remove my skin quietly next time. No, no, no. The skin removal is never okay. You are allowed to take your shoes and socks off if that makes you feel more comfortable, but with no waving around of the socks. There's been times, right, Phil, I'm telling you this now. There's been times where we've been doing 
an episode and you might have been in the middle of reading something and if he's been eating something it'll just look me in the eye and open his mouth <laughs> that's like a, a classic like maneuver attention child <laughs> that is a classic and maneuver. he knows I can't tell him off because you're halfway through that's, that's just like that is that's vintage mm. <laughs> like you're not gross all the time nowhere near as gross as you when it comes to being here oh yeah here but like in general you're pretty gross nope Phil you're gross no one could look at either of you and say categorically, no, they're not gross. I think they could. I don't think they could. Human gross. beings are inherently gross. That's yeah. the problem with being human, is that you do, out of necessity, have to defecate, and you do have to do all the unpleasant things Have I ever done that in the office? Body. Yes. No. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I've done it in the toilet in the office last week, but that's fine. That's yeah. fine, yeah, because you've, you've agreed to the social contract that we engage in, yes. which is when you're around other people, you pretend that those disgusting things don't go on. And you, but you, I just you think, why do you do up. that? It's pathetic. Because we'll it's do disgusting. It. We all because peel our skin. It is disgusting. So you're saying that if, if I'm doing something that I know other people find uncomfortable or disgusting, I shouldn't do it. Yeah. 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 Why, is, why, is yeah. That, why is that a problem? Yeah, you? what you're describing there is a little thing called empathy. Why is that a, such a problem for you to grasp? Not just what it, like the concept of empathy. <laughs> the, honestly, that's serial killer. It's like it's <laughs> never occurred to you. <laughs> All right, I'll try harder. I'll promise to try. That's what Ted Bundy would have said. In a way, it's the opposite of Ted Bundy. Because Ted Bundy wouldn't have been like... No, he was clean. Oh, look at, look at his skin that I'm peeling off. In front of people, he'd have been hiding it in his little skin collection at home. You just leave your skin in. Whereas I'm just like, look, this is happening to my feet. This is the stage. This is the transitional stage that my feet are going through at the moment. Where they're going from hard, horrible feet, (laughs) and they're going to blossom into a beautiful, smooth. So all you say, all you're saying, is that you'd not be a very good serial killer because you'd have to show it off the whole time. (laughs) I don't know what I'm saying. Showy off one. (laughs) No, what's in this box, everybody? Next time we meet up will be in two weeks and my peeling will have been done. Okay? You'll find something else though. I don't want to have to do an item by item specific <laughs> list of things that aren't acceptable. The rules. Be- yeah, because I can't include everything. You will find a way around it. What I want you to do is put yourself in our shoes. Not oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> no, 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 no. I want you to imagine what your actions might make us feel. How do you mean? That's the problem. <laughs> That's the problem right there. All right, I get it. I get it. I, I don't. I don't get it. But I'm gonna try. Very good. <sighs> Are we done? <laughs> I feel exhausted. Thank you very much for listening, everybody. Yeah, I'll do that bit. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for listening, bro. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Twitter at WikiShufflePod, WikiShuffle.co.uk, WikiShuffle HQ. Kettering and then one five seven ER one B the headlands got the address in the wrong order. Bye. 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 Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.